Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, Ian and I are talking about the process of taking all the learnings and all the information and things we want to improve in terms of KPIs and getting them onto the website. The process we use is a design workshop and we take you through the steps so you can do this yourself. So let's get started. Hi, Ian. How are you? Good, good evening. I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Good. I'm all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so today we wanted to talk about, um, well, something we do called a design workshop, but I, I, I wanted to kind of talk about, because that, you know, that's the thing that no, nobody wants a design workshop. They want the results from the design mm. workshop. So wanted to talk about what that was, because I know you run them in the UK and I have never been to one. So I wanted to kind of break it down to give people a kind of idea about what they would do when they wanted to um, bring everything together mm. and actually implement it on the site. So I was just talking before we started, like what was the trigger? What's the trigger for a design workshop? What, yeah. what would um, what would be the reason well, why? Yeah, so the, yeah, the design workshop. I mean, it's and it's something that we we've we've done them for years and years, and I do them quite regularly. And I think it's when it's when you are. You're working on your on, on an e-commerce business, and you've got you've got a long list of things to do, and you've agreed the things you want to do, and you, and you need to sort of take a, a step back and look at the whole picture, the whole site. And typically, I think what happens is there's two main times that we tend to do them where we go, look, we're going to have to do a design workshop now because. You know, th- what we've got to do needs needs to all work, and it's when it's when I think you do the anxiety anxiety work, and you look at so you, do, you look at the whole anxiety piece. You're realizing you know what are the big what are the big what are the friction points that would stop somebody buying, you know. So if if it's the returns policy or or you know the warranty or the promise or there's no trust there's no credibility, you do all that exercise, and you also look at the the whole. Um, you know the job to be done, and you look at the whole navigational flow, and you and you're looking at well, the bounce rate on the homepage is higher than twenty five percent, and the and the and the categories are bouncing at sixty five percent, and the products are bouncing at eighty five. So you've got a you've got a, a metric problem, and you've got an an anxiety problem. You've got a navigational problem. You, you know the user journey isn't correct, mm. and you're not you're not hitting the whole anxiety. So th- these are the typical things that come out. You know when we're when we're working with an e-commerce business. So you've sort of got you've got this. You're going through the whole program. You know the, the five salespeople of e-commerce: the greeter, the add to basket, the basket to order, the average order value, and the lifetime customer value one. And you're just going like the, like this. We need to work on each one of them. And there's, you know, there's lots of things that you've got to do. And, and I, and I think it, it, it sometimes happens, mainly it's, um, it's a navigational one, like the, the user flow is completely wrong. Or it's when you've figured out the anxieties, the big friction points that would stop somebody buying, 
And then you look at the e-commerce site and you go, are we addressing that? Like, we're not talking about that on the basket. We're not talking about it on the product page. You know, the home page is is not is not doing the job to be done at all. So you realize there's like loads of stuff to do. And the only way really okay. you need to, you can you can get your head around it is to go and do a design workshop. And the design workshop is where you pull all these things, you know, this big long list of stuff and you pull it all out and you actually put it on paper and it starts to become alive. And it, otherwise, if you don't do that, it becomes, mm. it's really difficult to see well, where's it going to go? Well, where should we be? pushing that that anxiety squasher you know and where should we put in the related categories and how how can we not make the product page a dead end page and you you start to see it and come alive and i find it really good yeah i guess because you've got a lot of conflicting things i guess because you know if you do anxiety analysis you've got these anxieties and then you've got the 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 job to be done the kind of power-ups which we talk about and then you know, like, what do you, what do you, yeah. because you've only got a limited amount of space and you can only shout about yes. one thing at one time. I think it comes down to understanding like what you're going to do, where and why, and putting it all because, together. Yeah, because you, you, you know, we've got nanoseconds of time, haven't we? Always say that you've got maybe less than three seconds before people just literally, or is it 0.3 seconds where they look at something, there's a quick glance on the product page, and it's like, unless they get, yeah, yeah, and it's, it's so, super so you've quick. really got to understand the main things that matter. And I, and I think when we do conversion optimization work, and sometimes the design work co- workshop can be primarily around impre- increasing the conversion rate. And when, when we do that, it's really pushing probably two major things. Number one, the whole going with the navigational flow, like going where people go. So if they naturally go from home page to this category, to this subcategory, back to that category, back to that, and then onto that product page, if, you know, whatever the natural journey is, you've got to improve that. And the second thing is around mm. making sure that you're getting rid of the anxieties and you're doing it in the right place. Like, you know, we always say, well, mm. they look at the product page, the, the basket button and the, and the title you know, within the nanosecond. And so it's making sure that mm. the things that matter are in those places. And do you know what the, the, I think the most important thing for the design workshop is to do first. And that is to not fix, not, not yeah. change or not yeah. break what's working. So understanding how people buy at the moment and what are the fundamental things that make them buy, because, a lot of the time, you know, there's a story we tell where it was a big fashion retail in the UK. It was a basically they, they wanted to be the next ASOS. They were doing they were doing millions and millions and millions. They went to uh, an external conversion rate agency, spent about fifty thousand pounds on user testing and all that kind of stuff, and then we implemented it and, and it died. And obviously, we were then brought in to kind of fix it to, to understand what was going on, and. You know, even they'd done all those user testing, all those customer panels. What they'd missed was how people fundamentally used the site and bought. Yeah, um, which is weird, but it, 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 I think a lot of the time, design workshops or design implementations can treat individual pages as individuals. So they'll go, oh, how do we improve the product page? Okay, tick done. How do we move the category pages? Tick done. You know, r- rather than yeah. thinking about how they move together as a whole. And in that particular case, it was it was the flow. They changed. They they fundamentally changed the flow, 
And then they fundamentally changed the mm. conversion rate without realizing it. Now, individually, the yeah. pages were better, but they just didn't, but they weren't, they weren't flowing to, together. And that's, the, that's the, yeah, and that's one of the subtleties, isn't it? And, and what, what, what we're saying there is you, you naturally emphasize what people already mm. want to do. And that particular example was when they wanted to look for black dresses and the old site let them look look at all the black dresses in one go. It didn't matter what category you were in. You could just see all the black dresses. And the new site was too restrictive, so it forced them to go into individual categories. So if you want to see black dresses, you had to go and choose, to, you know, so party dresses, swing dresses, you know, you know, cocktail dresses, mini dress. You couldn't, you had to go into each mm. one. And that's mm. not how you shop. Is it so? So that yeah. That's, so so I think generally you're trying to emphasise what's actually happening already, and you're trying to resonate and push things that you know make a difference to yeah. conversion rate. And that's and that's mainly, you know, if you think about the flow of e-commerce, you know, you've got you've got to really sell. Well, a, a you've got to you've got to do mm. the greeter work. So you've got to, you've got to talk about the job to be done. And and give people the reassurance that they're going to find what they need here, or they should invest their time. I, I always think that's a really good definition of what the mm. homepage should be. Actually, I mean, if we just take the flow, I mean, this is what I'm about to say is kind of contradicting ourselves because we know that a lot of people tend to land in the product page. But if you just take the overall flow for a second and just talk about home and category and product listing page and products, you know. I think the definition of the homepage is that you should you should give people the reassurance that they should invest their mm. time here, i.e., they're going to find what they want. They can see evidence that you know this is this is a destination for you know whatever it might be water filters. I'm looking at you know, maybe I'm looking at water filters or you know something like that. And it's and, you know so there's credibility there. There's evidence that I'm going to find. So you, you're looking for those key statement pieces, but but then. You know, going back to the point, don't reinvent the wheel because I think the biggest danger is you you redesign for the sake mm. of design. You know, you, you, because you're in that mode. Oh, let's just make the change. And I I think lots of lots of times we've seen sites drop conversion yeah. rate when the new sites have gone live. And so you've got to look at it. So your know, homepage. So the main stat. I think the bounce rate is probably one of the biggest indicators of if, mm. if there's a problem. You know, because. Um, and the exit too, but bounce rate on homepage, you want that to be much less than 25. And we, we, we're looking at a site right now, aren't we, Mark, where the homepage is bouncing at 36.8%. Mm. And it's something's wrong. So it's like someone coming in your shop. They're just not engaging. Door. If someone's yeah. opening the door and you're walking in, they're just walking out. Yeah, so there's a complete lack what, of engagement what I would, there. What I'd start with is... And that's a real is, problem. Um, if you think about your website as maybe having top three buying paths... So like 80% of the buyers tend to go through with one of these buying paths. And one of the buying paths might be landing on the product page, going to the basket page, checking out. That might be one of your main paths if you're doing lots of Google shopping. Another one might be landing on the home page, going to a category, uh, sorting by a certain filter, and then buying, finding a product and buy. So if you think about the main three paths that are going through your website, those are almost like journeys that you've got to optimize. And if you think about it like that, then if you think about the individual paths, then you can reduce the friction on those paths. So you can make it easier to find 
you know, like if someone's using a category, like how can you make it easier for them to find the, the navigations that the, the majority of the buyers use? How can mm. you make sure that during that path that the key buying points are presented to them many times within the main view? It's It becomes a lot easier if you think about it in terms of those paths. If you just look at your website in terms of a whole, it's more difficult to do that because you will just tend to think, well, I can't see it there or I can't see it there. But it's how people are conditioned. And there's a great book by uh, Cialdini on um, persuasion. It's actually one's the book I'm thinking about is the pre-persuasion, because what's happened before they get to the product page or before they get to the basket page will have a massive impact on whether they continue uh, moving forward. So if you've got those paths, you can be pre-persuading them with those key messages before they actually get to those those decisions. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what you want to look at. Um, but if I was doing, yeah, I think I think from um, well, I think I think yeah, but I think from a practical sense. So if we were running a design workshop, you know, in the UK, what we would do initially is we would go and pull the data off from Google Analytics and we put yeah. it into the target sheet. And the target sheet would give us a picture of what's happening. So it would give us the metrics, you know, and, and, and you know, the design workshop is, is purely to influence the KPIs. So, let, you know, let's say you're doing 2 million and you want to get to 5 million online. And, you know, the, the design workshop should be purely focused around the numbers. So you start off with you've got to look at the numbers. You've got to make data-driven decisions. And so you, you pull off the data from Google Analytics, put it into your target sheet, and that will tell you the gaps. And you'll say, okay, we need to get our um, our add-to-basket stat is 6% now. We've got to get it to 9%. And we've got to get our basket to check out from 40% to 50%. And you know, and that's going to take our conversion rate from you know from 3.7% to 4.3%. And that's what we've got to do. And so you have you have a metric, you know, you have a goal, and then you look at the bounce rate and you see, well, how are we going to do that? Where are we? Where are we losing people? What, what's the highest bouncing pages? So you're you're you you you're making it. You're having that conversation around the data and the numbers. So you've got that KPI target dashboard in front of you. So that's the that's the that's what that's the you know the be all and end all. And every design workshop decision you make should be about that data. And then once you've done that, you look at the main objectives for the home and the category and the product pages, and you're looking at the bounce rate, and you're looking at the things, the the jobs that each one has to do. And there's a checklist. I mean, in the book, we've done the checklist. We've done a homepage checklist. We've done a category page checklist, Mm. things to check. Same for the product, same for the basket. So you run through all of those. I mean, they're things – I mean, actually, I was was just on a slight tangent, sorry, but I was looking at – the reason because we've got a bounce, we've got a category, an e-commerce site has got a high bounce rate on the category, and I was just detailing all the things that we've seen have been potential problems why we've had a high bounce rate on the category, and it was things like the categories are too broad, the categories are too narrow, the order of the the sorting is wrong, or the you know, the, and the first two rows of products is wrong, or the images are wrong. Or the filters are in the mm. wrong order, you know. So, so there's loads of things like that 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 you can that you can go through. So you kind of you know, you've got to go through the checklist and go, oh, check this, check this, chat. And I just I think just by going through the checklist and saying, have we addressed this? On, like on the product page, you know, we say, 
you've got to make sure that you know you're in stocks there your delivery is clear your, your main anxiety is 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 nailed you know your returns policy is there it's not hidden within the terms you're gonna, oh, there's mm. loads of basics so you go through the checklist and then and this is before you've even done any design then you go and you look at the sites that you mm. want to emulate so you look at the businesses that have gone you know from maybe zero to 15 million in a year you know who are the businesses that have really grown have a look at those because the problem is that you find is you often look at the massive companies the massive brands who are doing you know 150 300 million a year and they've already got huge credibility huge brand a lot of people may well be in a position maybe that they're doing i don't know 0 to 10 million so when the, when a new customer lands or a new visitor lands they might have never mm. heard of the brand so you're going to have to work a lot harder. You know, it would be a bit like, you know, a fashion brand that's doing, you know, two million and you're looking at Ralph Lauren and you go, well, if Ralph mm. Lauren's website does this, you know, it's going to work for me. So you've got to be really careful about who you take yeah. influence from. Um, but you should definitely go and look at how these businesses are operating and what their, what their job to be done is and what their homepage is like, and what their it navigational is- flow is like. Yeah. It is interesting because I was, I was looking at uh, was a company called Need Essentials, which sell wetsuits, and they they started off very small, very much kind of like no logo based, and we say, well, do we give you the top quality wetsuits, but for um, a third of the price because we don't pay any athletes, we don't do any sponsorship, we don't do any advertising, it was that kind of messaging, um, and they came from pretty much nowhere, and they were a bit of a phenomenon in the uh, water sports industry. A lot of people kind of emulating them and looking at what they were doing and what they did is they said basically you've got a steamer wetsuit you know steamer wetsuits there's three qualities of steamer wetsuit there's a b and c a you'd only get this this and this and then they say c you you're going to get you know this is what the uh, you know the quality of the material is this is what the stitching is and this is what it is and then you say all our wetsuits are c like all this quality blah 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 and that's kind of how they sold it and but what was interesting is that i went back to them recently and now they're they're actually a big brand, and the difficulty is is that obviously now they're a brand, and they built up not having a brand because you know they don't put the logo on the web wetsuit. They've actually changed the messaging quite a lot to be more around the quality and the, the knowledge of what they're doing and all those kind of things. And I thought that was very interesting because it shows you that a website will have a different positioning at, through its different growth cycles. I mean, you can see that with sites like mm-hmm. made.com when made.com came out, you know, you go and look at Wayback machine, very different positioning yeah. to the yeah. positioning that it is now. And it's, it's, it's kind of, yeah. see, you know, it like what you say, if you would go and do a perfume, you wouldn't go and do look at a, a Dior ad and go, well, that's how I need to advertise my perfume. What gets you started doesn't get you growth. Is what I'm trying to say, mm. and 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 I totally agree. And I think lots of e-commerce businesses, when they're small, lose mm. lose themselves in thinking that they've got a brand. And you know, the only the only time you have a brand is when you've got masses of customers. That's mm. that's that's what a brand is. You know, so you've got to be really careful about falling into that trap. Well, you know, if if you know if we put this this big hook on the on the homepage or if we do a deal we do a welcome mm. offer or a discount or a deal everybody's going to think we're a discounter and that you know that's going to reduce our brand value and yeah you know yes of course if you're selling a desirable product 
then of course it's all about desirability you know and you obviously want the lifestyle element to be strong but you don't worry don't be too precious about thinking because like you say you can change these the flow and all you want to do now is recruit customers because if you don't recruit customers you no and any, i think the, 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 the mistake people make at the beginning and, is they get they think about this brand somewhere out there in the ether that they're creating but the brand is actually created most strongly when someone buys your products and consumes it that is when a brand is built and yeah. you, the, a lot of these huge customers, they've got a brand because a lot of people have bought their products, consumed it, and had a good experience. And that's where the marketing is strongest. And so we've actually built quite a few companies with that kind of 50% off offer. They've got to a certain stage, and then they've changed their positioning. And it's 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 thing, but they couldn't have started out yeah. like you know without that strong offer at the beginning because it, they had to build the brand of people of Housefile who loved them, who then took them to the next stage. Mm. yeah that i think what you've just said there is is absolutely right and it's worth just saying again is that the brand is created when you have a customer that bought something so you, you you've got to yeah. get your customers to buy and, and and you know and like you know yeah they'll go back to that conversation about made.com you know when we looked at you know, we did this with a for, we were working with a lighting company and we were looking at made.com and they were saying oh well made.com doesn't have you know, the USP, you know, about price match promise on the homepage. And so, well, yeah, well, that's because they're advertising on London mm. Underground, they're doing 100 million, you know, and they're, they're huge. And you, let's go back to, let's go back and have a look at them 10 years ago when they first launched. And you look at the homepage and it's all about the, you know, direct from factory to consumer. So we're cutting mm. out the middleman, mm. we're saving you money. You know, it was all about how much yeah. money they were saving. And uh, yeah, the message has changed now. So it's, I think, I think to, to to look at the businesses that you want to emulate, but also if you can go back to the way back machine, which is essentially takes a yeah, snapshot of the site, changed. you know, however many years ago, and you and how, see what see what their positioning is, what their what their call to actions were on their homepage. You know what their USP um, bar was saying, but what I wanted to bring back to the you know, to a design workshop. If someone's going to run one, like practically in terms of time, how long does it take? Mm-hmm. How long should you spend on each area? Yeah. So, yeah. So just to go back because I was just talking about the flow and I stopped. But so so at this point, you've looked at the data, you've looked at you've you've got your KPI sheet, your target sheet in front of you, you've got your roadmap there. You know, and you've 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 now you're going through each mage page, you're looking at your balance rate, and you're just comparing yourself where you're strong, you know, where you need to be. You're looking at the other businesses that you want to emulate, and you've got everybody around the room, and you should have you should have everybody in the room that you think has wants to be giving an opinion. And the reason why you do that is because if you if you go, I don't know how big, you know, let's say you're a you know you're an e-commerce department and you've got you know, I don't know, however many people in your business, or you just think you're on your own or you've got a team, but let you, you want everybody who has sign off mm. to be involved in that room. And the reason why we do this is so if we're doing a design workshop and we might have, you know, we might have, we, we want as many people as we can in the room because what happens is if you, if you just go away and do a load of design work and then you present it back to the company or the, or the e-commerce you know, team without them having their input, they go, Oh, can you change this? Can you do this? Can you try that? You don't get, you don't get sign off. And, 
and when you when you get these people that have to sign things off in the room to give their opinion two things happen number one they feel like they've had the opportunity to put their ideas down on the table and number two they mm. realize how bloody hard it is and they realize that it's really skilled and, you, and they hear and the voices they from everybody else and what they want because they'll um, be thinking oh, i need to show, tell them this information and you'll see yeah. that a lot of the time with a bit once and suddenly you'll get these sites with these warning messages popping up and they'd be like it's because the accounts department has had one order that someone's complained about something and then you've got this warning thing and you think yeah. if they're not sitting in the room with everybody else and they go well that's going to massively reduce yeah. the, the add to basket rate yeah. so do we want to do that and there's not a better place to put it but also the other thing i would say yeah. is be very careful who you ask for an opinion of because they will give one if you ask anybody yeah. in the company like yeah. could you give us an opinion on this design because they're being paid, they'll want to be useful and they'll want to, they won't want to say, oh, no, it's fine. Because they'll feel like, well, I'm, my, I'm not doing anything. I'm not, my job's not doing anything. So therefore, they'll feel obligated to tell you something. So yeah. unless you really actually think they have a good handle on what's happening with the flow and the design and they understand it, be careful, be careful to, you know, maybe not ask their, their opinion. Yeah. I totally, I mean, and also be be ready to push back too, you know. When I've been in design workshops, I mean, I was in, I've been in design workshops with companies that were doing multi multi millions, and you know, and we've and there's somebody been in the the design workshop from their company, and and they, and sometimes and they said they said some really crazy stuff, like they wanted the add to basket button to be, you know, this isn't this isn't exactly true, but they want the add to basket button to be in the bottom yeah. left of the page. You know, they want they want the mini basket, you know, in the header to be to be on you know on the left hand side of the page rather than the right, or they wanted the search bar to be not in the header. They wanted it to be halfway down the page, mm. like just some stupid things that you're like, hang on a minute. There are certain rules that we follow, and if we if we don't follow the rules, this is where people go, oh, this the usability. This site's really hard. I just can't fight, figure myself around. So you've got you've got to. If you're going to change something, you've got to be damn sure that you're going to have a massive gain from your change. I mean, I, I was I – this isn't me that said this because I heard it the other day, but I can't remember who told me this. But he was saying that, that, that you, know, you shouldn't change anything unless you're going to get a real mm. good uplift. Like it's so obvious that this is going to be a good uplift. Otherwise, mm. you should keep it as, as it is. And so if you change, you know, and if because often, often you're looking at things, you're going, well, if I change that, I'm not sure if that's going to do anything. And that's when you shouldn't change it. Mm. You should split test it. Yeah. But you shouldn't, you shouldn't change it. You know, it's, unless it's like absolutely fu oh, fundamental, this you're going to get a quantum The worst leap. people at this, you should be really careful. The worst people at this are actually the it. biggest companies. I've seen some really big companies revolutionize their design mm. and just roll it out based on what they think is right and there's been huge debacles for him look at the look at the marks and spencer website debacle when they yeah it was just they, they had to, site, yeah. to completely kind of like million. dive into it and all that kind of stuff and that would have been based on user testing and all that kind of stuff but at the end of the day they were changing mm. everything because you know they, they, they'd spent well they'd spent so much money yeah. on it and they spent that, so much money why, on it. They thought we've got to have a different site. Yeah, and that's why. You know what? What what was amazed me is that going back to that example 
when we I mean, it was it was years ago. It was this big fashion site client that we said, and when they did all the focus groups and the user testing, they didn't once look at the Google Analytics data. You know, the thou- hundreds of thousands of people mm. that were coming on the website every month, they didn't look at that. They just looked at the the focus groups. And uh, you know where you know where one of people they put people in you know with the, you know the secret glass where you, you know, it's one way mirror and they looked at people and they interviewed them and they based it on that they went and designed the site and I'm not saying that's wrong because I think you can get some amazing things around the job to mm. be done and the anxieties you know but but you've also got to it's look very at the difficult data when you're doing you sit someone down and you say and act natural I mean it's just it's just impossible to do. It's like you bringing someone in from the street and saying, yeah. "Oh, you're thinking about buying a dress." And it's like, "Well, I wasn't thinking about buying a dress, but okay, I'll have a look for one." But it, until they actually and I do this a lot with with our sites, until I actually suddenly have a need for that product and I suddenly try and shop on it, then everything becomes so much clearer because yeah. I'm like, "Oh, That's I actually need to buy it." Yeah. And the, and I know and but so what we're saying is, you know, you've got to listen to, you've got to listen and look at real people. And so one of the little nuggets that we do, that we bring to the design workshop, is we analyse the reviews and we analyse the mm. negative reviews and the positive reviews. Because if you, if you analyse the negative reviews, it's, you're bringing out what people, are, 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 what they moan about is what they're anxious about. So you know all the friction points. And how, how cool is this, right? This is amazing. You can look at your competitors' reviews. So you can go and look in their Trustpilot or FIFO or wherever they are. You you can go and look at what people love about your, your yeah. competitors and what they hate about them. And that's it's all there. And it's like, how, why are you not looking at this? So you, you, you do that. You look at your own negative reviews and your competitors' negative reviews and general industry negative reviews, and then you, then you, and you put them into different buckets and you then realize what people are – because yeah. what they moan about is what they're anxious about. It's kind of like the reviews come out and they go, oh, I knew, I knew it wouldn't bloody fit my existing, yeah. you know, laptop. Or I knew, I knew it wouldn't arrive mm. on time. I took a day off work. You know, or I knew it wouldn't be the right colour. Or I knew, I knew it would be a pain to return it. You know, and so you get all this information about why mm. people don't buy. And it's the almost buyers that that you focus on and it's those it's and this is the, the the main thing i think comes out of the design workshop is that you focus on the almost buyers and this is like the lowest hanging fruit you know that is, it's always the easiest segment to go after is the people that did everything on your e-commerce mm. site that the buyers did except buy in terms of they came to the website five times they went through the they spent eight minutes they clicked on you know you know 15 different pages they added to basket. They did everything except buy, and it's those guys that you want to focus on, and and that's when you really push that that reason to buy, giving them the trust and the credibility, and then giving them the reason to act now. And it's real common sense, really. I think the other thing with the design workshop is we say, well, imagine if if you're mm. if you sort of physical shop, you know, what what do we want the experience to be? Okay. And it becomes so really obvious. We've got- um, everybody yeah, in the meeting that that, that that could say so all the all the sayers all the kind of like uh, stakeholders yeah. is probably a better word um, um, in one meeting room and yeah. how long how long how long would it take yeah no, right. normally it's, it's a good half day 
So, you know, you, you've set the scene, you've pulled the data out, you've given the justifications of exactly what the metrics need to hit. This is how we're going to get to 5 million. You know, in order to get this traffic, we're going to have to increase our conversion rate, which can, it means increasing the basket. And you sat there mm. and you give everybody a piece of paper and a pack, well, a pack of paper and a pencil and you set the timer and you give them normally no more than six minutes, which is, you know, more than enough. And you say, I want you to sketch out the fundamental layout of right. your homepage. And you you set a timer and you say, right, don't don't mm. don't say you know, it's done in silence and everybody does it. And and you do and you can say I want you to do one for one for mobile, one for desktop, and you and you and then after the timer goes, you get everybody to put the, hold up that piece of paper in front of the whole group, mm. and you ask them to talk through it. And when you do that, and you go round in a circle, and obviously you have somebody who's chairing the meeting, is taking the notes and the you know the actions. If you're doing it online, it's you can record it, but it's nice to do it face to face, and. What you get, so everybody, and you might have somebody in, you know, product buying, somebody in marketing, somebody in IT, somebody in account, somebody in, you know, the, the business owner, et cetera, et cetera. And they all hold up their pieces of paper and they all get really panicky when we ask them to do this. And they get a bit anxious. They're like, oh, God. But it doesn't matter how naff it is, but you mm. get something different from each person that you can then go, do you know what? It really they really hit the nail on the head with some little element there. And it, it forces them to get out of their heads what they know. Because I always say, going to the meetings, you know, say, well, you know, the customer, you will know your products and your customers much better than we will. You know, we know the e-commerce practice and we know, you know, the metrics and we know exactly what, you know, what levers to pull in certain scenarios. But you know your products and your customers better. So you... That, that that the emotion the, the reason people buy from you the re, you know the the reason they come back what they say about you mm. and they bring that to the table and so so but you have you by you basically hold it up and you do the same thing for all the pages you, you do it for the category the product the basket and we kind of tend to leave the checkouts because in most e-commerce businesses it's it's fit and we leave the checkout for two reasons number one it can be a real pain to change and number two, the gains aren't often mm. in the checkout because the checkout to order stats are often really high, and it doesn't really check, unless unless there's a payment problem or the delivery problem. You know they don't take a certain payment about that, but you, know, you don't really get big gains in the checkout. So and so you do, you do that. So then obviously you can work through things in the design workshop, and, discuss them. So yeah. what 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 would you have by the end of the design workshop? Is it more like a design brief? you'd come away with yeah so the the design workshop then at the end of it your objective is you you collate all of everybody's sketchings so you keep them you tell everybody to put your initials on the bottom corner and you collect them all up and then then obviously everybody goes and you're left with a big stack of paper and then you sit down, you right. go through them. So basically, and then you sketch each, again. each time you're going to get them sketching, because you're kind of presenting what they need, the... what they've got already, what they need, what their fundamental things are. 
and then you're getting them to sketch the basket page, for example, and they're adding the elements in, and then you're leading them a little bit with saying, well, this yeah. is what a, a good one and looks seems, like. Yeah. And it seems, it seems a, you know, because they got sometimes looking, you go, why are you asking us to sketch this? And it's like, well, because, because there'll be some mm. nugget in your brain that we want to pull out. We, and we also want them yeah. to, to really think about the process. Um, you know, and, you, and yeah, I mean, you, yeah. you also get sign off a lot quicker. Yeah. Because yeah. you realise how hard it is. Um, because they're like, oh, God. That's it. Really, when they yeah. actually force them to put pen to paper, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a definitely a skill. So you do that. So then so once they've gone, you've got this big sheet, big lit bunch of paper, and, um, and you're going through them and you're going, do you know what? They've, they've nailed this bit here. And you you sketch again, so you do another one for the home. You collate them all, and obviously from your best practice, you know you know you know really what the fundamental bits. Are that, you know, if someone's missed something, you go, like, look, you know, everybody's missed it. You know, mm. you don't just blindly follow what everybody did. You you use your common sense, and you you apply yeah. your best practice, and you know it's um, you know what the fundamental jobs of each page has to be. So you've got to make sure you're following the checklist, and. And then you yeah. obviously start building the wireframes, and you know typically you do that in some sort of prototyping tool. I mean, we used to do it, you know, back in the day in in Photoshop. Now we use something like Figma, you know, which is a kind of an online yeah. prototyping tool which allows you to present it. You know, you can you can yeah. actually almost yeah. do a and that actually looks like the design, doesn't it? It's not just wires um, frames. It's literally it's actually the the design. <laughs> yeah, it's literally it's all filled in with the images, mm. with the correct copy, with the descriptions, you know, with the, with the all of the you know the trust you know elements that you know you pull you put the trust pilot widgets in if it's trust pilot, mm. you know, so it looks exactly like it would, yeah. and you do it for mobile and desktop, and you know, and you and I mean from from when we do it, I mean when our design team sits down and does it, it you know. You know, it, there's a lot of backwards and forwards, and it comes to you, and it comes to mm. me, and we make sure we're happy with it. You know, we make sure we sign it off, and often we'll, you know, we'll push each other, and we'll say, "Oh, you're missing this, you're missing that." You know, or that's too cluttered, or you know, and and you get better, you get a much better, and it's so much easier to change things in the wireframe design stage than it is to do it in development. I mean, it can take, you know, a, a flick of a mouse, you know, to move. You know, maybe the you know a trust mm. symbol or an anxiety squashing thing up, um, and then you know, it it's so much better though. The code, or you know, or it might you might save. Honestly, you might save. You know, you might save millions of pounds worth of lost revenue because if you get it wrong, you know you can't and you can't see the damage that you're causing. So it's so much the time for it's really also a developer a developer's wet dream is like giving them something it's, it's really like you just build it. this this is what we want this is exactly how it wants to look this is how exactly how it wants yeah. to move and then yeah. the developers can just code it up because it otherwise you tend to i know because otherwise you, it, you know if you're on shopify for example or any of the platforms you, you end up like bolting things on oh we'll bolt this in we'll bolt this in. or the descriptions look Nah, for you know, you, yeah, it, it, it starts to look messy, and you've got to, and you know, you've got to take that step back, and so, so at this stage, then, you know, you've then you've got you've got the wireframe designs, you know, and you're happy with them, you've you've really gone through them, you know, and and I mean, typically, 
you know, we have a, we would have an internal discussion and a dialogue. I mean, but, but, you know, we've also been involved where you've, you've then showed it to, you know, user testing, user groups, and you've done that focus group, and we've done things like that before. But invariably, we have mm. a pretty good idea of what we want. And, it, you know, we we look at the data, you know, from a big perspective. We, we would rather look at the million people you know who are actually actually real customers when with you know five people in the phone but what, but, so you know, but you uh, my question is yeah. i know that when you present the design to people it's important to do it in a certain way do you find because if you just kind of send it off randomly to share to those stakeholders or do you get them together to present it so yeah. that everything comes out at the same time or what's the best way to do yeah well, yeah. I mean, the way you, yeah, the way you present it is quite important. And and typically, ideally, you would get everybody around a table again, and you would go back through the KPIs, the maths of the business. We're doing two million. We need to get to five million right now. You know, we you know we've got it. We know we've got to treble the traffic. And in order to treble the traffic, we're going to have to increase our conversion rate. So our ROAS. You know, goes it goes up, which means we can pull the trap lever harder. We need to increase the average order value from sixty pounds to eighty pounds. But you're telling them exactly why we're doing it, and you're you're really pulling it back mm. down to that data and the maths of the business. You know, what does the what does a five million pound version of our business look like? So, and then you're presenting it, and then it's it's very logical because you're explaining why these mm. things are. You know, why why would we design it like this? You know, and you're backing it all up, and it's it's all it's all rational, you know, common sense. Um, and then I think then you know, and I mean, what happens typically then is people have people. Sometimes you get things like, oh, I don't like that image. And you're like, well, don't worry about that image. You know, that's you could change the image. It's the overall layout mm. and the fundamental flow that's important. Do you, or I don't like that banner. So you have to sort of let park that to, because we then have mm. something called a content gap workshop. So once you've got the wireframe signed off, then you've got to go, okay, well, where's all this stuff going to come from? Because you might have done, you might say, well, oh, we, we need to pull so much more credibility around the story at the bottom of the product page because it's just a, you know, it's just lacking. We, you know, we really got to pull that story out, pull the brand personality, and you see, you're then left with a load of content. So you've got to go through, and you've got to do a content gap workshop, and you go, you literally go top to bottom on every page that you've done the wireframe for, mm. and you go, where's that content going to come from? And is is it? Do we need to get copywriting done? Do we need to go and brief the photographer? Is that static on that page, or is that across all mm. the product pages, or is that unique to certain products? Like, where's it, you know, is it dynamic? Is it fixed? Is it, you know, automated? And so you, you go literally top to bottom and you're putting circles all over it and you're annotating it and and you're then working out which, what content we need. And then that goes and briefs mm. your team, your copywriting team, your photographer. So we're all kind of like digesting the, the tasks, isn't it? And understanding um, what to do and, and, and why. Uh, Still from the fundamentals. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. I mean, the, the reason I wanted to do this podcast is because yeah. I wanted people to be able to do their own work design workshops and think of the flow and how they were doing it and and, and move through. Um, and I, I know you're you you are very you're very busy now and you're doing a lot of design workshops at the moment. But if if people did want to 
reach out to you and do a design workshop in the UK. Do you have any space at the moment to do anything like that? Or should should we try and recommend some other people? Okay. Well, it's my favorite thing to do. I love them. And um, I would rather do okay. this, do design <laughs> workshops than do anything else. <laughs> so send them over. But I mean, obviously, I think... You know, we would be, we'd be really happy to, to do it, but yeah. we'd also be happy to look at other people's wireframes too. You know, if people wanted to just sense check it, and we often say that to people that we're working with, just hang on. When I was in a meeting last week with a, a big company, and they were transitioning from a custom platform to a Magento 2, it was a massive, massive business. And I'm like, hang on, like wait, before you do any coding or you mm. roll anything out, let's have a look at the wireframes. Because now's the time to change. If we're going to change, mm. now's the time to do it. Because it's much quicker to do it now that the developers are under the hood. And as soon as it goes live and you ask them to change something, it's going to be, oh, well, no, we have to wait for this sprint and that sprint and do release. You know, so it's really key. It's really important to just question. Because we obviously, you want to sign the designers off. If you've got mm. a new, new site being built, you want to sign the designer off. Quick, quick, quick. Get it done. It's like, no, just, just hang on just make sure it's right because no, it, if you do it, it often won't cost yeah. you any more development work yeah and it, you'll be saving so much time to get it right so yeah so either if either people want us to do design workshops be delighted because it's it's a real really rewarding place to be i mean i i enjoy it and we've got obviously a whole team of people that that are ready and that do it this is their full-time job so mm. you know but also cool. people just want to send okay. them wireframes I, just was, I know you've been very busy with lots of big work. I just wasn't sure whether you wanted me to kind of open the floodgates but it sounds like you've got a you know a couple of slots so that sounds good um, if you wanted to have a go but hopefully people can use this the process to do it themselves yeah, as well yeah I mean uh, yeah. yeah yeah that's it yeah. yeah exactly we always want to try and let people do it themselves or if they can't be bothered or they're unsure, let us do it. <laughs> yeah. It's just sometimes, it, it is one of those things that it's quite nice to be led around because it's it's you don't do it that often. You don't, um, and therefore, you know, coming to someone who, who does it all the time means that, and, and especially as they've seen all the mistakes that's been made over the years, they've kind of gone, well, you only did that because this, this is what happened when they did this and this is what happened when they did this and all those kind of things. And it's almost kind of like helping people avoid the things not to do just as much as it is yeah. to do the things that oh, are going to help yeah, yeah. It's, it's a real dangerous time it's very yeah. very risky if you're doing any design workshop or you're replatforming because obviously in natural time you do it when you're replatforming but mm. or even if you're mm. just doing a, you know a new a new right we're doing a new relaunch it's there's a lot of danger risk mm. we, yeah so yeah got to get it right awesome well thank you very much Ian cool enjoyed that thank you I'll speak to you uh, next week lovely take care